Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Who am I? Tell me who I am. You're Ollie Davis, but with a new hat. No, I'm my new favourite wrestler, Ricky Starks. He does that. Hello, I'm Ollie Davis. I'm joined by Tempest because Luke Owen has failed the concussion protocol. Please, if you haven't already, hit the thumbs up button. Give us a subscribe. Leave your comments down below if you're watching the on-demand version with your thoughts on AEW Dynamite. And if you're watching us live, send in those Omega chats to wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll talk about every single one with over five US dollars before the end of the show. But right now, we're opening with our new favorite wrestler. He's always been there, he's always been on the cusp. And there's a few times this year, like three times this year, where he's done similar promos. And it has been, yeah, you're my favorite. If you do, if you just do something next week, you're my new favorite wrestler. But either AEW has not followed up on it or just not had anything substantial after, for instance, the Hobbs feud for him Mm -hmm. to do. But now we had this segment and we know we're getting a world championship main event next week at Winter is Coming. Ricky goddamn Starks, people. Ricky goddamn Starks. This man was cooking on this episode of Dynamite. We're going to get into the the battle royal portion of all this in a moment when we get into the rest of the show. But this is the kind of promo that feels like a star-making performance. And we were saying there was a lot of talk about, you know, MJF cutting a promo with Ricky Starks. And you kind of have to bring your game up. Like, Ricky Starks is an amazing promo as it is. But... If you're going toe-to-toe with MJF in a promo duel, you kind of have to bring your A material. Yeah. And goddamn, did he ever. It was not just material, because, you know, Jungle Boy has good material. Sure. Because Christian, I presume, helps him out with the promos. Let it say the meanest thing anyone <laughs> could ever say about me. It's the delivery. Like, there was what he, he did stumble. Mm-hmm. Like, there were, there were three or four moments where he half said the wrong word before he immediately corrected himself. To other people, that would throw them off and they would lose their train of thought. For Ricky, it was just like, it almost added to the chaotic intensity. Mm -hmm. And he was talking so quickly. 
I, 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 and I'm saying this is a very complimentary thing. Usually in wrestling, you want to actually slow down and not speak as quickly as your brain thinks it's going. But man, it was the intensity. It was the fire. And more than anything for me, it was the pace. Yeah. Yeah. I. It's <laughs> funny that you brought a lot of that up because I am currently going through and, and writing the list of every five-star match this mm. year. And you look at a match like the FTR Briscoes two out of three falls match. And there are a few times in that match where they kind of lose themselves. It's not as 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 finesse and, and the flow isn't quite there. And with somebody else, that could really derail a match. But if you've got two really gritty, hard-hitting teams like that, it doesn't affect the match the same way that you can have someone like Ricky Starks kind of stumble over a word here and there. But if they've got the intensity and the flow and that pacing to the promo, it isn't a death sentence to the segment at all. This was such a good promo. Just such the intensity was there. He was able to really bring that next level of, again, not just material, not just saying the really good lines to MJF that would make the crowd pop, but feeling like the big star mm. that everyone has wanted him to be. Ooh, I really like this presentation. Well, we'll go through what actually happened because I think we've just been talking about how much we like Ricky oh, it's Starks so good. for four it's minutes. So good. Uh, the, the show opened with the Casino Battle Royal for the... I, I always forget how this thing works. Well, it's different this year compared to years past, so that might have something to do with it. But you usually win it and then you the last two fight over the diamond ring. Right. But this year, the winner fights MJF. Yeah, this was a number one contendership battle mm. royal for the ring. Uh, and also kind of the so let's just if ethan page won which he threatened to do last week would he have then had a match with mjf earlier in the night uh well M ethan page said he was going to do it afterwards like cashing in money in the bank and getting his shot at the ring after the match i don't think that's how it how it works anyway i'm glad they've done it this way because ricky starks eventually wins and by eliminating Ethan Page. So that, that feud has been steadily building for a, a month or so. And that means next week's World Championship match, because Starks also won the Championship Eliminator Tournament, is now for both the Diamond Ring and the title belt. I think that AEW are doing a, a, an objectively good job of building that Winter Is Coming match. And consequently, Ricky Starks as hopefully that next homemade guy yeah that's definitely the sense that i've gotten from this we had looked at the eliminator tournament as kind of like oh it feels like kind of a mid card mm. eliminator tournament ma, compared ma, ma, to ma, mid card ma, 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 mid card compared to the last two years when it's like well kenny omega wins one brian danielson wins the other you get that really yeah. big top level contender to come right out for winter is coming maybe you get a title change maybe you don't whereas this one felt like don't you're probably not going to get a title change at winter is coming but it should be a nice first feud for mm. mjf whereas now it's like no they've really done an amazing job taking that win and building upon it with ricky starks which is exactly what we've said we wanted them to do and actually take this tournament and take this build to winter is coming and make it something i watched this episode of dynamite and i really felt like they had achieved something like they got something out mm. of this episode they made progress and that is one of the things i think they were really missing a lot of the time this year where it felt like just good shows for the sake mm. of good shows this felt like we have taken a massive step forward with ricky starks 
Yeah, because you've you've got the the booking elements to this, where you're putting stipulation and stakes onto next week's match. You've been building a guy steadily, but I a, a huge part of this, in fact, I would say the major part of this, eighty percent of the reasoning why we're both so excited for next week's episode, is Stark's performance because MJF comes out and he's like, "Before I get to you," and he cuts a promo on Brian Danielson. Love, love that detail. Yeah. Just the disrespect of like, no, I will interrupt you and then make you wait. Keeping the plate spinning there because that's the that's the major feud for the start of next year. Yeah. Uh, and we've also got Eddie Kingston in there somewhere. Presumably he was referenced last week. And then he, he turns and he cuts a promo on Starks, had some killer lines. Uh, he called him a, a dollar store Dwayne because Ricky Starks has heavily modeled himself on The Rock. Nothing wrong with that because it fit. It's not like, you know, uh, Curtis Axel doing the Mr. Perfect gimmick or sure. just like an impression. Ricky Starks feels like his own version, but he called him Dollar Store Dwayne and the Pebble. And he said he's going to skip that pebble all the way back to Billy Corgan's NWA so you can wrestle on YouTube where you belong. Hot dog. <laughs> I don't, poor NWA. Like it's, no, uh, screw them. They brought this on themselves. Yeah, they really have this year. But oh man, a couple of years ago, I was so on board with the, the NWA train. Anyway, Starks then cuts a, the killer promo in reply. A lot of it, when you unpick it, like he's making fun of MJF's dress sense, which I don't think as Ricky Starks, <laughs> you have much of a footing on. Sure. They, they both wear shoes with no socks and the like loafers and mm -hmm. very tight shirts. But anyway, he cut it so well. And then he started getting in the baby face stuff, which in the mouths from anyone else or a lot of other people would just not hit right. He's mm -hmm. talking about how he's got responsibility and dignity and respect. Blue-eyed baby face traits. And this is what I was talking about early when I said Jungle Boy, because right. I think you look at those AEW male single stars who they've grown. You've got Sammy, mm -hmm. you've got Darby, you've got Jungle Boy, you've got MJF, you've got Ricky Starks, and then yep. you've got Utah, you've got Daniel Garcia. Like, I love all of them for different reasons. And you could have put any of those guys in this slot to face MJF. You could have them win the championship eliminator, have them win the casino battle royal. Subjectively good booking to build a challenger. Mm -hmm. But none of them would have been able to then add this layer of intensity with the promo delivery. Yeah. Like imagine, I, I like Jungle Boy, but imagine Jungle Boy in this slot and you're like, oh, cool. Yeah, Jungle Boy is going to face MJF. And that's as far as the investment would go. But Ricky Starks, that plus his performance here in the promo, has has even though I know MJF's going to retain, it's so obvious. I cannot wait for next week. I can't either. And this is a bit of a side note because we were talking about mm. this beforehand and I wanted to get this in. <clears throat> I thought up until Ricky starts talking, because once Ricky has his bit, then it kind of goes in a different direction. But the first half of the MJF promo segment of all of this was eerily similar to the CM Punk dueling promo that they cut a year ago around this time. And not just in the material, like the low-hanging fruit type stuff, but the framing of the mm. promo, like the camera angle from the one corner onto MJF was one thing. You had Ricky Starks in the same position as CM Punk. MJF makes the same face and reaction when the crowd is telling him to shut the F up. It was eerie. 
And then, once again, you get one of the better promo segments of the whole year with the, the, the Ricky Starks rebuttal. And I just wanted to throw that in because we've mentioned maybe that's something that MJF does on purpose because he's very mindful of his work like that. But maybe it was just a coincidence and I picked up on because I remember that kind of stuff. I don't know. It's weird. But I I completely agree with like all the points that you made. I think Ricky Starks is the perfect person to cut this promo in this position against this guy right now. And I don't think that Jungle Boy or any of the others could really do the same sort of promo because even if they did, and even if they cut a good promo, like a number of them can, there's a different kind of vibe that works with Ricky Starks in this scenario, that kind of underdog finally getting his shot type thing mm -hmm. where we've seen jungle boy have a championship we've seen darby allen have a championship we've seen sammy have a championship we've seen yuda and garcia in big matches like that but we haven't really gotten the chance to see ricky starks have that same sort of run yet he was FTW champion, yeah, which... FTW championship. What are you talking about? This is not an officially sanctioned belt. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> we get to see him do that. He's had the lights out main event against Hobbs. Mm. But otherwise, you haven't gotten to see him have that huge coming out moment, both promo and match that we're now getting to see that people like want to see. There is a certain level of getting behind Ricky Starks so that he can cut a promo about dignity and respect and saying that he is going out there as a baby face he didn't say that word but it's pretty much mm -hmm. what he said it's like the, the people got behind you and you turned on them you took the easy way out again because that's all you know how to do meanwhile i've given them a reason to keep getting behind me over and over again and that's why i'm gonna beat you i was like ooh, mm -hmm. it just tied everything back into the match into why mjf is worse than ricky starks on a cosmetic level and then on a human level mm -hmm. And that was the sort of thing where all of a sudden it's not just two guys throwing barbs at each other. It then becomes a story about characters. Mm. And I love that. I really love that. And the crowd was such a big part of this. Yeah. Because unfortunately, as of late, the crowd has not been at the previous AEW levels. Mm -hmm. Don't know why. There's various theories. But this was a, such a hot crowd. And they were not cheering MJF. Right. They they weren't just a good hot crowd who were loud. They were a good hot crowd who were respecting the story that was being told. You know, we're not going to cheer the cool heel guy. Yeah. They told you know immediately shut the f up to MJF, and they cheered just overwhelmingly the babyface Ricky because he's kind of the adopted. He lives there, right, in Austin, Texas. I think he's so. not from there, right? But that's yeah. So it just it all all worked well. I called it MJF Maxi Pad. Yeah. Really, really made me laugh. Um, but then, because MJF is actually really good at making his opponents, I think. We just don't get to see him in those feuds very often because he's often with the Punks mm -hmm. or the Moxleys or Jericho. Jericho's. So it's the, the dynamic is the other way around. But when you whenever you see MJF feud with a Derby yep. or here with a Gar not Garcia, uh, here with the Starks, he actually gives them so much. He could... He could probably easily just put in a few killer lines after Ricky's promo and undermine it. Mm -hmm. He's that talented, but he didn't. He kicked him in the balls, which is just such a petulant heel thing that makes me want to boo him. Mm -hmm. But then Starks speared him. And so Starks got to stand tall. And MJF, you know, 
he's a good wrestler. He controls this. Made his shoes come off from the spear. <laughs> Literally speared him out of his shoes. That is the level of the heel getting a receipt to mm -hmm. build the baby face for the title match that is just fundamental brilliance. It's the stuff that Steph so Stephanie McMahon's the complete opposite of this, who would never give anybody any shred of one-upmanship on her, mm -hmm. which kills baby faces. So and Ricky Starks' performance, brilliant. The crowd, brilliant. The booking of all the stipulations, brilliant. But MJF as a component in Ricky's rise here is just equally as valid. I completely agree. And I think it is so absolutely hilarious that MJF is calling this title reign the reign of terror and everything, <laughs> because that exactly what you just said mm. is the exact <laughs> opposite of what Triple H's reign of terror was. I love it. Yeah. I, I absolutely love it. And I know that that sort of thing isn't done not on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's really funny to me. But again, seeing Ricky Starks get that spear and come out of this segment with the upper hand totally solidified the whole thing to me. Because yeah. it would be so easy for MJF to just punch him in the dick and then walk out. When, the, when that happened, I was, I was like, oh, okay, what a great segment. Right, I didn't even think, oh, Ricky should be standing tall here. Mm -hmm. So when Ricky got the spear and he was standing tall, it, it elevated. It was just like that extra little bit of pepper yeah. at the end, but it elevated the whole dish. Um, I thought this opening half hour flew by. Yeah. Like, brilliant. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss a lot can happen in the next three years like a chatbot maybe your new best friend but what won't change needing health insurance united healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times underwritten by golden rule insurance company they offer budget-friendly flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment the plans last nearly three years in some states with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals so for whatever tomorrow brings united healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you learn more at uh1.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain i learned this the hard way after losing my cat gingy so i created pretty litter a health monitoring litter that helps to Detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
let's see what you guys think on the Omega Chats. WrestleTalk.com forward slash support. Send them in. I'll read over every single one over five US dollars. John Rye says, put all the belts on Ricky. That promo gave me chills. That man deserves everything. Dynamite was good. I'm praying that the Blackpool Combat Club and JAS feud actually ends this weekend. FDR and Acclaim needed more of a build, but a great show. Yeah, please. I mean, even John Moxley's sick of the Jericho Appreciation <laughs> Society build, so hopefully that's a sign of something. I'm just Marcus says that promo from Ricky Starks was absolute fire. I laughed harder than I should have at Max getting literally speared out of his shoes. Also, Regal's reason for his turn may not have been the best, but it made me a little emotional. Yeah. We'll get yeah. on to it. Yeah, we'll get on to it. <laughs> He's sad he's leaving. Nick Corvello. Hey guys, hope you're well. Just wanted to point out how freaky MJF looked without his mutton chop sideburns. Huh. Yeah, he's got he's going real like fat face triple H two thousand three <laughs> thing right now. He's really leaning into it. Uh, I immediately noticed it and he looked like a different man altogether. More heelish in my opinion. Well yeah. Anybody As... who emulates two thousand three triple H is? Zeref been a member for fifteen months. I've always been a Ricky Starks fan since the early days of AEW. The man needs a proper title. Put the strap on him, TK. Uh, Team Tashols. Menberg for 15 months. Holy smokes, what a great promo. I've always loved Starks, but man, this was great. Love y'all. God bless you guys and have a great rest of the week. You too. And finally for now, Casey Davis. First Omega chat. The promo between Starks and MJF started really strong with some great lines, but it just kind of fizzled out at the end. I think it went just a little too long. Thanks for all you do. Well, we are allowed to disagree. Yeah. They didn't lose my attention at all through Mm. this whole thing. So, And it was only sort of MJF section, Ricky section, then then hits. Yeah. I guess the uh, the overall from the start of the Casino Battle Royal to the end was 28 minutes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like I I thought it was very well laid out. Yeah. Uh, and we'll just do this one because it's from Mr. Kajilli from the Raw stream. We missed it out. Uh, now, but if fun, I'm hypercolonated about this. Inverifitic or even compunctious to wish Pete well on his future endeavors. If you've seen the dictionary episode of Blackadder, you know what I'm doing. Well, I've, I've seen all of Blackadder. I have no idea. I cannot remember what this reference is. And P.S. Alexa is a star and we'll hit her sister Abigail next week. Old prediction. Why it's sick stuff. Um, let's go to the start of the show, which is the same segment that we opened on Casino Battle Royal. Mm-hmm. There's, I thought this was a very good Battle Royal. Okay. Like, it, it wasn't the best Battle Royal I've seen this year. I think that's still the Royal Rampage. Uh, but I think for the most part, AEW tends to do a pretty good job laying out spots within mm. a Battle Royal. Yeah. Whereas a lot of the time it can just be like, eh, we'll all just punch and kick each other and then we'll get down to four and then we'll <laughs> do the spots that matter. Whereas here you can kind of sprinkle them throughout a Battle Royal like this. I thought it was good. Yeah, it was... You're right. It had a good level of spots and there was always a story going on. Mm-hmm. I can see a lot of stuff that happened in this match to set up future stories, which we'll get into. My problem was I wasn't into any of the stories. <laughs> That's fair. I think the one that gave me the most pleasure was probably the Dalton Castle stuff. Yep. And I, I love Dalton Castle. But that's not really a story. That was that was just a spot. Mm-hmm. But that was a brilliant spot. Brian Cage punches 
Dalton off the ring apron, caught by the boys. Boys help him back up, do it once more and again, mm-hmm. and then the boys walk him round. I thought just call an audible here. Let him get back in the <laughs> ring and eliminate Cage. But Cage then like hit him so hard he collapsed on the boys. Yeah, Dalton Castle just he's had like what three appearances on AEW. Um, at the Jericho match. It's the Jericho match. He did the Jericho promo to set up the Jericho match on the Rampage that mm. was excellent. And he had his uh, Jonathan Gresham match previous to that. Oh, I yeah. don't know if he's wrestled any more than that in AEW. I would say he this. He's done stuff on Dark, but he's so good. Because it was Battle of the Belts, right, for Gresham? Yeah. So this spot and the Jericho stuff, that is 100% for me in just yeah. terms of getting over with the crowd. Hopefully, obviously, there's some Ring of Honor stuff going on. Tony Khan has said in his media interview that after Final Battle this weekend, we're going to start seeing less of Ring of Honor on AEW TV so we can focus more on AEW, which is just music to my ears. But hopefully that doesn't mean Dalton goes away because I think of all these guys, like how can you, no offense to anyone, but how can you push Gates of Agony, The Kingdom, um, a bunch of others, when Dalton Castle is right there? Yeah. He, he sat he sat where you're sitting. Yeah. Right here. <laughs> he is if he was on TV like every week or whatever, he would absolutely win like the most charismatic award yeah. in uh, the Observer. Like he is electric. Mm. Everything that he does gets over. Oh, he's fantastic. Yeah. He was my favorite part of this match. Um just the other stories we'll we'll skip through them. Orange Cassidy set up something with Kip Sabian. Uh Cassidy didn't get an entrance. The only people that got entrances yeah. were Starks, obviously. Wonder who's winning. <laughs> that was obvious last week though. Jungle Boy and Dustin Rhodes, Dustin Runnels, mm-hmm. because he's back from injury. Gonna have a retirement year next year. But yeah, yeah. people like Orange Cassidy, Matt Hardy, Brian Cage. Mm-hmm. Just... I mean, Orange Cassidy surprises me probably the most, <clears throat> considering he's a champion and all that. He's got the big bucks entrance music. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's why. Uh, but yeah, Kip Sabian was eliminated by him. So Kip later said, I'm not going to face you on Rampage. You'll have to face someone of my choosing. Miro? Uh, no, I've heard who this is. Oh, um, oh of course, because so. they've already they've already filmed Rampage. Yeah. I think I know. I didn't put two and two together. Yeah. Oh, that's... I mean, I think it'd probably be a good match, but I'm ready for Miro to be yeah. back. This probably isn't Miro's like ready the, for Miro. Yeah, Miro's ready for Miro, but it's probably not the spot for Miro because he's in this match. He's probably going to win, but regardless, book Miro. Yeah. <laughs> Just put him in matches. Uh, before we move on from Kip Sabian, Dan Layton? Mm hmm. Is his evil twin? Him or it's is- just Dan? Oh, yes. He's not here today. Uh, I hadn't put that together. You just get some dark eyeliner mm. on him and it is Dan and um, we got the Dalton Castle bit the the main what was the other stuff Jungle Boy got a great elimination spot on Lee Moriarty mm-hmm. just like a, what's it he jumped over the top rope hit a Hurricane Rana on Moriarty but then Morrissey like eliminated Jungle Boy Morrissey not in the match oh no oh no boo but it's just like yeah and then he killed him yeah freaking did didn't he? He sure did. Choke slam on the apron, but sort of on the on the neck. Yeah, could have killed. Listen, I don't want to say that anybody's an unsafe worker, but after watching that, I would refuse to wrestle W more. <laughs> what do you don't think that was the planned version of that? I don't care if it was. Do something else. 
Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, a lot of this stuff, look, and this is why I'm sort of down on the stories, you know, the substance of this match. The spots were fine, um, but the stub- the substance is effectively The Firm. Yeah. Which is the Lee Moriarty feud with Jungle Boy, which will probably spin off in W. Morrissey. I don't care. Uh, and Matt Hardy is with The Firm. I don't feel like this is ever properly been sufficiently set up i mean it's all rampage stuff for the most part it's like rampage and dark but yeah uh hardy t's turning on page at one point ethan page ethan page was kind of bossing him around sort of in a way where we're going to get full broken matt hardy Mm -hmm. which i you know there was a bit when he was doing it and the crowd were going crazy with the deletes where i was like why not yeah (laughs) i had this conversation with pete in the office yesterday i will give the broken hardys one more shot. <laughs> and it's only because they have been, they have had such a run of bad luck with Matt Hardy <laughs> debuts in AEW and the world stops. And you can never get any fan interaction, which you kind of really need with the broken stuff. I don't know. I think the broken stuff only works when it's... Remember, they did the freaking... They did, yeah, and I didn't like that bit. <laughs> I didn't like the teleporting Matt Hardy thing. You want him to eat a fan? In yeah. the front row, like an impact? Yeah. Okay. I, I give it one more shot. I give it one more shot. They never got to do it properly in WWE. They never got to do it properly in AEW. Whenever Jeff's back, you just have him. Like, Matt Hardy, you could do my idea from earlier in the year, which I still maintain is a better idea than what they did, <laughs> where the the, 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 the the Hardy family office turned on Matt Hardy, and they should have just, like, walked out. Matt Hardy's up against the ropes looking at the stage, and then the lights go out. Lights come back on. He's in full broken gear. Jeff's behind him. And he just says, Brother Nero, I knew you'd come. <laughs> and it was good. Ju- the, they'd all say it with him. You could yeah. do that again with the Jeff Hardy return, but have him turn on the firm. Kind of a bit tingly. Well, I was I was picturing that. As if, yeah, that's good. Um, but also, ultimately a bit lame. Uh, <laughs> the, the Yeah, so the firm, they worked over uh, Starks and then um, it was quite a good elimination spot, mm-hmm. actually. Ethan Page was powering him up, was running towards the ropes. Starks reversed it throughout Page. Well, did you not notice what that is? <laughs> That's the way R- The Rock won the Royal Rumble. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It's he eliminates Big Show like that. Very good. So if um, in the promo that followed this, MJF called Starks Diamond Store Dwayne and Ricky retorted with uh, MJF being... Uh, Fifth-rate Roddy Piper. Right. We've seen some great matches in AEW that play off the the competitors kind of mimicking mm-hmm. a great match from the past. Like we've got Dax Harwood doing the Bret Hart stuff every now and again. Didn't he do, who, who was it who did the Shawn Michaels spots with him? Adam Cole. Yeah. Dax, that was such a good match earlier this year. And it was effectively Bret yeah. versus Shawn channeled through Dax and Adam Cole. We've had it with FTR versus the Bucks, where mm-hmm. it was the sort of Attitude Era spots versus the 80s. Yeah, the Brain spots. Busters against the Rockers. <clears throat> so what would, how would you like to see MJF and Ricky Starks? If, oh, if we're going to emulate a, uh, a famous feud, a dream match. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know, because I don't know of any like real good opposites that The Rock could stand opposite of. Mm. Like, I'm sure or that Triple you... H. <laughs> That that's it. Yeah, it's all gonna be. It's gonna be a Triple H Rock match. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I I cannot. There's so many things they could do next. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, the final four was Sean Dean. So, he, but he never really did anything. Uh, Paige Hardy and Starks. Not oh. missing anything else there, yeah. am I? No, not really. I was a little surprised that Sean Dean didn't do more, just because mm. like I figured he was in there because he's beaten MJF the two times earlier this year. Beaten oh, yes. MJF. In that sort of like, oh, he would kind of make sense as like a dark horse pick to wrestle MJF, mm. but they never really mentioned it that much. It's like, oh, Sean Deans is still here. Yeah. And then he got eliminated without much fanfare. And I was like, all right, fair mm. enough. But yeah, interesting. It was last year, wasn't it? Where it was in Long Island mm -hmm. and MJF got the huge opening bit and he just stayed in the corner all the time. Yeah. Oh, so that, that was a brilliant battle royal. Yeah. It was all just an MJF showcase. Uh, after that, we got a Mox backstage promo. He said that Blackpool Combat Club is still a thing. Mm -hmm. And him, Claudio, and Wheeler Uta are going to be out together later for the JAS match. He also mentioned Hangman Page. Yeah? He mm -hmm. said like he respects Hangman Page after the brawl they had last week. There should be more fists in AEW and let fewer words. I thought it would be nice to have heard from Hangman here. Yeah, I kept wondering throughout the whole show kind of where he was. So I, I guess last week the idea was he was not medically cleared to return. He just sort mm. of broke through. But maybe just like a, a phone thing. I just thought yeah. it, they had momentum. It was a shame not to follow up on it. But hot damn. Match of the night. On, on, a, on a night with great matches, Samoa Joe versus Darby Allen was just... Both men doing what they do best. Yes. Which is Joe being a monster and Darby Allen taking the most hideous bumps. Yeah. Darby does his best work when he's fighting a monster. Mm. When it's him against Brody King or him against Brian Cage mm. or Miro or whoever it might be. His best matches to me are always when he gets to be thrown around like a rag doll and Boy, is Samoa Joe a good person to have him thrown around. Like, he, holy smokes. I thought he was <laughs> dead like half a dozen times in this match. So Darby's like Gothray Mysterio. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah, we got a the, the first spot was Darby's suicide dive out the the ropes. And just like let, you know, when you sit down before a match and the rest is like, okay, what spots do you do? Here are my spots. How can we interact those spots together? Of course, mm -hmm. you do Darby's crazy bullet dive and Joe walking away from it. Yep. And it's like, it's it's one of my favorite things in wrestling, Joe walking away yeah. from dives. I know it's Luke's and <laughs> it was oh, a joy to see. And then Joe exposed the concrete, snap power slam on that. We got some stuff outside where Darby just hit a coffin drop on Joe. Never felt like Darby was getting a superhuman push or anything. And Joe really did dominate. It was 95% of the match him. And mm. then he won. Yeah. This, to me, was such a perfect example of what I want the TNT title to be. Yeah, yeah. You know? Like, too often I found during the Wardlow match, it, or in the Wardlow reign, it was like him against Tony Nese, and it went like 10 seconds. Yeah. And it's like, just have them be like your champion going up against the upper mid-card level of yeah. AEW and I guess you don't want to beat guys like Darby Allen all that often but you have such a deep roster I think you kind of <laughs> can at this point and when you can and when you commit to that you get matches like this that people are really into because then the crowd is in, is involved they've got two big stars that they're going to cheer for and again two guys doing the best that they do with their roles there were I swear 
people were like looking over their shoulders at me in the office while I was watching this today because <laughs> Darby does his suicide dive and I thought I think he's dead gets power slammed on the outside I think he's dead Joe like swung him into the barricade on the yeah. outside and dropped him on the concrete I thought he was dead I love this mm. I absolutely love this and a perfect finish too an absolute perfect finish with Darby going for the coffin drop and Joe just catches him and puts him to sleep. And then Excellent. after that, uh, Darby stands up like, you know, because he's unkillable. He passed out really in the sleeper. Yeah. So he didn't tap out or get pinned or anything. He's like, I'm still ready to go. And Joe's like, no, you're not. And he nutted him. <laughs> People might see I've had a hair transplant now. <laughs> you know they can't notice. He absolutely nutted him. And then he laid out, he got the skateboard, he put it on the ground. And you know what? This is the bit where Wardlow makes the save, yep. right? Wardlow makes the save to stop the awful thing happening. But no, Joe just hits a muscle buster. But a pretty, like, a move with a very dangerous history onto the skateboard. I, I, like, I went back and watched it. It does look like he Darby lands on one of the wheel spokes. Yep. And I'm just like... But then he puts him in another sleeper, and that's when Wardlow comes down. I'm like, that's when you come down? <laughs> Honestly, that, I say this in jest, but Wardlow, the last couple of weeks, has been a pretty rubbish babyface. Mm -hmm. he's, he's cutting promos on the Tron last week to challenge Joe, and I'm like, well, why aren't you coming out to be face-to-face -face with him? He feels a bit like a heel. He might get turned at some point, honestly, because I do think the crowd support for Wardlow's kind of waning a little mm. bit. And I mean, <clears throat> Samoa Joe's just really cool. This is this is the prime evolution version of Joe. Yeah. Like, you know, I liked him in NXT, but on the main roster, but he never got to what I remember him. And that is TNA, Ring of Honor, 2007 to 2009. Yeah. I guess, why I wasn't watching then. Yeah. Love it. He's not as quick, obviously, but he can do all the cool monster spots. He's still charismatic. Mm. You know, he's still the absolute, one of the most charismatic monsters in wrestling. And even if he is a little bit slower, that charisma can carry him through a lot of that. I just, I'm so excited. I want him to have a long TNT title yeah. run, having matches like this fairly often. Until Miro comes back. Miro oh, versus Joe. Oh, that's mm. tasty. I am absolutely all the way down for that match. Wardlow, Hobbs, Cage, Joe, Miro. Johnny's, mm. John Silver. That's what I want. <laughs> the beefiest of boys. Uh, yep, this is all a build to Joe versus Juice Robinson. The mm -hmm. final battle on Saturday. Sure. He's, he's all elite. He is all I, elite. I forgot. Legit forgot. Uh, Cassidy set up his match with a person of Sabian's choosing, not Miro. Then we got Claudio Castagnoli and Wheeler Utah versus Daniel Garcia and Jake Hager. It was interesting seeing Mox come out with Blackpool Combat Club mm -hmm. because that is something they never did and which I have complained about because they are a faction. And even though he was champion, it felt like everyone was actually separate. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Yeah, this was a good match. Of course it is. Look at the people in there. Uh, but I'm done with this feud. I, I, it's, I, the, the level of people who have sat on the sidelines in AEW this year, and we have had so much time devoted to various iterations of JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club, 
is will go down as one of the biggest slights in AEW this year. I think. I think so. When you think about what the Blackpool Combat Club was kind of set up to be, I was like, oh yeah, Jericho Appreciation Society, great first rivalry yeah. for them to have because, you know, wrestlers and sports entertainers, that's a good mm -hmm. opposite for them. And then it was just the whole year. And you look at it and they never moved on from that and they never really got back to that idea of recruiting the young people and getting Lee Moriarty involved, getting Daniel Garcia to finally switch sides. It's just kind of disappointing. And when you find out that that's all William Regal is going to be here for, that makes it like, well, <laughs> we're not going to get the next step. Whatever it was going to be beyond the Jericho Appreciation Society, that's disappointing. Well, it's funny you bring up Regal's name because mm -hmm. then we got one of the, you know what? I, it's like watching a, someone I love, like a, a very good friend, trying to bless word their way out of a predicament. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, yeah, mate, what have you done to yourself? But of course I'm here for you. That was this segment for me. Because Tony Schiavone then comes down to the ring. He kind of alluded to this on commentary that he had some intel on uh, the future of the Blackpool Combat Club. And why he didn't share to, care to share this previously, even though he was disgusted with Regal's actions, whatever. Comes down and he says to uh, Mox and Claudio and Utah after Claudio just won the match for them. Why? I actually did an interview with William Regal two weeks ago, so just after Full Gear, just after Regal turned. And here's the video. Like, it's a freaking cameo. It's a, it's a retcon. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, like it's a, a little disc that they find in a movie to yeah. wrap up a few loose ends. And Regal's talking to Tony, and he, what's he say? He said, well, the, the reason I turned on the Blackpool Combat Club was really to make the Blackpool Combat Club the best they could be. To teach them one final lesson, that you've always got to be one step ahead and always got to have eyes in the back of your head. And now I will be Blackpool Combat Club till I die. And now the vets can teach you to, to be the best wrestler he can be. Be good without me. And then it cuts back to the ring and Moxley is like, what the F is this? Yep. <laughs> And he doesn't address it. He just says, well, whatever that was, um, we're, the Blackpool Combat Club's stronger than ever, which to me says Moxie's turning heel. I think, yeah. I think they could have just said this. Like, yeah, we're still buds. We're going to remain united <laughs> without, like, I think William Regal was written off of the show. Yeah. He didn't need to be rewritten off of the show. You can just kill him and have him never come back, you know? He was also written off the show, The Dynamite After Full Gear, when Moxie was just like, run. Yeah, he's been written off TV three weeks in a row. <laughs> and like, I, I presume when Danielson comes back, because Danielson, we got an update on Regal at the start of the episode, where Excalibur said, Danielson is by Regal's side in the hospital, mm -hmm. helping him recover. Um, so now it's like, when Danielson comes back, are we just left to assume, oh, because Regal's not with him, he's dead in kayfabe? You know, like how Impact writes people off. Yeah. Or they stab people in the heart or <laughs> push them in front of a train. <laughs> the main event mafia killed Christian Cage yeah. and he just never came yeah. back. I I thought this was... I just... You know, at least, at least we're moving on from it now. Mm -hmm. This was just... I don't know the word for it. 
because it's not bad, is it? There's a nut. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, it was just kind of strange, you know, yeah. just odd. I don't I, I don't know what word exactly I would use, like unfortunate, maybe. Yeah, unfortunate's a good one. You know, like I they probably thought they would have Regal a lot longer than they have ended up having him because, mm. you know, Triple H wasn't in charge when Regal came around. So I don't think they were looking at the end of the year being like, oh, I'll want to go back to work and and everything, but it's trying to make the most out of a rough situation, and I can't fault them too much for that. It is just not how I would have done it. So from the horse's mouth himself, Tony Khan, addressed very admirably, I thought, mm -hmm. considering how close-lipped they are on some things, uh, Regal's departure on the media call yesterday. And he said that Regal came to him around the time before the Toronto shows. When were the Toronto shows? Uh, the week of my birthday, so like October 10th to whatever. Yeah, so they they knew about Regal leaving before they put all of the heat on him. Mm -hmm. And I just thought all of that... Regal's... The whole last month of Regal's booked departure from the company has actually achieved nothing. When you could have used it to build... I mean, I guess what you've done, you've, you've slightly elevated Max, although I don't think he needed it. Um, and you've, you've provided the fuel for the Danielson stuff. But Moxley really is shortchanged in this. He never got the receipt on Regal. I, it's just... Yeah, it's, it's just, weird. Mm. Like, on one hand, I look at it like that's really all the MJF-Moxley feud had going for it, going into full gear. And like, yeah, you could book something else, but... It was really the only thing I can think of between All Out and Full Gear that actually made me feel anything. Mm. So I don't want to necessarily look at the world in which that also doesn't happen. Yeah. You know, it wasn't the plan in the first place. They wanted to have MJF and Punk do everything, and then they had to rewrite that and then rewrite it again. So I am kind of sympathetic of all of that, but yeah, it does. I Because when I had heard that the AEW talent was kind of dumbstruck by a lot of the choices Tony Khan was making regarding Full Gear. I was like, well, which ones? Full mm -hmm. Gear was this very well-booked show. And then the Regal news starts coming out. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, maybe that doesn't make as much sense. Maybe that is a little bit confusing. And yeah, I think that uh, Regal leaving has put this storyline in a bit of a, in a bit of a, you know, has hamstrung it a little bit. But again... <laughs> You do what you can do. I just probably would have done it a little bit differently. They'll probably get rent off TV next week as yeah. well. <laughs> They've still got a few weeks till the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, so one thing I think that could come out of this, if Moxley doesn't turn heel, which he probably shouldn't, there's been so many heel turns recently, he'll get lost in the noise, is now you have Moxley, Claudio, and Yuta. And Regal's parting wish was for them to make Yuta the best he can be. The best of seven series has an yep. end date. I would predict the elite are going to win. The elite versus Claudio, Moxley, and Utah. I think that's your next trio's feud. Yep. I mean, we, when we were, uh, the Blackpool Content Club, when we all got together and tried to put our heads together, mm -hmm. say what we wanted to see out of the elite coming back, that was the conclusion we came to. That that would, pardon me, that would be a really fun next feud for them after Death Triangle. Mm -hmm. Like, you're going to need more trios. You're going to need more trios in the mix for that trios title. That's a very good, basically the same sort of, like, 
entertainer versus wrestler type thing. And the matches will just be fantastic. It means we'll get Claudio versus Kenny Omega. And I am all the way on board for that. And there's there's so much context there. Moxley yeah. Omega, Danielson Omega. The Bucks turned on Moxley last year. Yeah, mostly Moxley with everybody else. Yeah. Uh, or how about a trios trio match? Mm. Because the House of Black are about. Uh, they had a promo next and they just effectively said, we're going to beat everyone up. Uh, nothing you can do about it. They don't have a storyline direction. They're just cool. I hope they get something soon. Yes. They're going to wrestle next week. Mm. And that's more than they got most weeks on Dynamite. <laughs> so I'm happy with that. Like, all I've wanted out of the, the House of Black is just more matches. Just have them wrestle more often and do less two-minute backstage yeah. vignettes. And this will scratch that itch. Jamie Hayter sat down with Tony Schiavone uh, as a proper sit-down interview. It's Weird to hear her speak because mm -hmm. she never speaks. And I forget sometimes that she is very English. <laughs> she's yeah. got a, she's, you know, she's got not royal pronunciation or Queen's English, but she has a very suburban English accent. You all sound the same. Way, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, but she said whoever wins the, is it Wave? The Wave Championship? Uh, 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 it's like the Regina de, de Wave, D-Wave, yeah. something like that, yeah. Uh, we'll get a shot at her, and that's between Sheeta and the Bunny. So, Sheeta. Sheeta versus Jamie Hayter, I, um, yeah. I, I like that. That seems like a very good first TV championship match for her. Unfortunately, uh, we got Jay Cargill and the Baddies next versus Sky Blue, Kira Hogan, and Madison Rain. This was... I mean... It's not an amateurish match. It's like a fine match. It, it frustrates me, though, that everyone is here effectively to build Jade Cargill. This mm -hmm. whole segment, this whole match is just look at Jade Cargill. I would have put Willow <laughs> among the ones opposite Jade. Mm -hmm. Didn't have to win necessarily, but at least set something up there, stir going, the yeah. pot a little bit. Yeah, it. Jay Cargill is so protected that AEW have booked themselves into a corner where she cannot interact with any credible opponents. I know Athena, I know Willow Nightingale, but what about, oh, Britt Baker, Soraya, Sheeta, mm. like all these people who are actually in the AEW women's division. The TBS championship <sighs> is completely separate from anything AEW yeah. women's championship. And in some ways, I think that's good. In other ways, I do think that puts them in a bit of a corner. Well, it's, it's effectively the FTW championship. I feel like it's it's Jade's belt. It's a prop. It, it doesn't do anything. And this feud doesn't do anything. This whole idea that it's set up from Kira Hogan because she was fired from the baddies a couple of weeks ago. And this was like her story in this match. She got tagged in. She went for Cargill. And then Cargill beat her up. And she tagged out as quickly as she could. And Rain got pinned. That's not a babyface revenge story. Right. This is just... I, th I thought this was rubbish. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it was kind of the low point of the show. I really like Kiera Hogan and Sky Blue, for that matter. I would like to see both of them kind of get the opportunity to do more, but this wasn't a match that was going to allow them to do that. I have said for a long time that I like when they do these type of matches, like do women's trios matches, because mm -hmm. it gets more people on the show and just gets more familiar faces for a more casual audience but you do kind of need to do more in the matches than what they did here. The people were into Jade at the very least. Like there was a better response in this match than we've seen in other women's matches recently. And I think that just does go back to this being a hotter crowd than usual. Yeah. So yeah, I just like 
if you look at the women's division, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, Jamie Hayter, Sheeda, you know, it's Chuck Rio in there, Soraya, Athena, Willow Nightingale, you know, they, that's eight people who were properly in the mix of the title. No one had a match from that on this show. You only really get 15 minutes a week on Dynamite to do that, say half an hour on Rampage. No, 15 minutes on Rampage. Why are they focusing on this? <laughs> it just, yeah. It's something to tide them over between now and Revolution. Like, I'm sure they'll build to a Kiara Hogan match, but there's no part of me that thinks Kiara Hogan's going to win that match. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole thing with Jade's reign, right? Like, the only time I really thought someone might beat her was when it was Athena, and that match was so short. I was like, all right, I'll forget about that ever again. Maybe if Chris Statlander was still here, they were kind of building towards that direction, mm. but can't do that with her hurt. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I would do things differently, but building up Jade is not the worst thing in the world. I just like to build other people up alongside her so we have more credible challengers, but... Like hey, a little bow wow. Yep. Tony was talking to Soraya and Britt Baker gave Soraya some tickets to watch her and Jamie Hayter have a tag match. This is very peculiar. Well, this this is at least Twitter has taken it the way because this is Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker against Soraya and somebody. Oh, is this the AJ Lee theory? No. Oh. This is the Sasha Banks theory. Oh. That would be surprising. It sure would, because it's in January, and supposedly the Sasha Banks deal and non-compete and whatever would be up in January. I don't know, but building up a mystery opponent for a month would lead me to believe that'll be a big mystery opponent. It's going to be Mercedes Martinez. Yeah. It'll be a Mercedes. Right, <laughs> hey, nicely done. Uh, also nicely done. Excalibur running through three different shows' cards in one continuous breath. He doesn't get paid enough. Magnificent. Uh, one of them being Mox versus Takeshita for Rampage. Too bad. We we'll stopped reviewing that show because I'll go out of my way to see that one. Uh, and the main event was FTR versus The Acclaimed. Fantastic match. Particularly the last, I would say the last two thirds. Mm -hmm. I think the last two thirds were excellent. The final third was brilliant. Just... There were so many double team moves that were going to get hit, but then the last moment, the other team member would push mm -hmm. the, uh, the the opposing team member out of the way. And just the way after, and the, you know, I don't know how much the acclaimed have a hand in this, but this to me is FTR all over. Very much, yes. I, the way they continually find to riff on match structures and their own moves, it is. They are craftsmen-like yes. in approaching it. Absolutely. I have recently watched the two FTR Briscoes matches, and their fingerprints are all over it in that exact sense of just communicating with each other in the ring in a realistic showmanship yeah. manner of like, Cash, do this. Cash, we're going to set up the big rig. Cash, push him. Mm -hmm. Do something like that. Like when one's getting set up for the other move, he's calling out to the other one. And... It's not in a calling spots yeah. kind of way. It is in a strategic manner. And again, they're very good at thinking about the moves that they do and that their opponents do. And how can we then, it's very Bret Hart-esque. Like mm. this is very much a Bret Hart type of thing of you think that you're going to throw a right, but then you throw a left. You do, you set up what the crowd is going to expect and then think of the different ways that you can turn that in a different direction. 
it, it's a very, very good way of structuring, especially tag team matches, just because there's four people involved instead of two. Mm -hmm. I love their work. They're the tag team of the year to me, oh, very clearly. I don't care what PWI says. Yeah, the Usos, it's a kayfabe list, isn't it? But then again, they've got all the, the other belts. They've got, yeah, they've got the same, they've got more belts. <laughs> yes, it was a great, great match, um, which the acclaimed won. Mm -hmm. I thought there were a few, like, when we started this, I was, I was like, what way could this go? And really, I thought, well, the only way I can see this being a good storyline B is FTR win and turn heel. Mm. And maybe that is part of some combination with MJF. MJF always has a faction. It's weird to see him alone. So a sort of pinnacle reunion of sorts. And they have all the gold. FTR as heels against the acclaimed. The chase is better than the reigning for baby faces sometimes. I thought that was the way to do it. Um, but that is a big way. So I'm like, yeah. I'm not committed to that. The way they did it is they just kind of halfway sat a, ticked a few boxes, which is the Max Caster rolled through a powerbomb attempt from Cash Wheeler and got a, not a lucky pin, but a pin. He rolled him up. Yeah, it yeah. was a pin that on another day it could have gone the other way, the match result. So you do have enough in the tank, I think, to redo acclaimed FDR. Mm-hmm. But just overall, if you take how great this match was aside, this is probably one of the biggest matches you can do in wrestling. Mm -hmm. FTR going for the last belt that they don't have. And it was just announced on Rampage. One show's worth of build. I know we had teases for it, but really, like from the match announcement to the match. I, I have some thoughts on this. And I think this is kind of the way to satisfy the AEW ranking system and everything. I thought they got rid of that. They more or less have, but FTR have been the number one ranked contenders for like half the year. Mm. And I think this match is the way to like kind of kick them down that ladder a few rungs just to give them more time to then build up to the eventual match where they're going to win those championships. I think that's kind of just the way that the way that AEW books it, you kind of have to do it. It wouldn't be my first thing, but it, it, again, you kind of have to book this tag team championship match at some point. Yeah. You can't just put it off forever. So do it. And maybe, yeah, you want the first match to be the big one that everybody talks about. But if they still end up having that match, I think it's fine. And that is something that you just watch with time. And if they finally get to that, I think it all works and it's totally fine. You can, in this case, give the acclaimed a quick roll-up win, have it be good, have it be an excellent match that people will remember, and have the acclaimed just eke out a win. Mm -hmm. And then build to the next one and be like, no, we need to beat you and beat you good. And similarly, FTR can go through another few months of their tag reign, do whatever they need to do, get the ass boys out of this equation, and then maybe you do the thing where they can turn heel. Maybe at that point you can do something else where they win the tag titles, because I also think it is far too soon to take the belts off of the acclaimed. Yep. Yeah, it is that as well. With the amount that people have said that they want AEW to get behind their homegrown talent and get behind the people that people are really organically you know, in favor of, 
I don't think taking the titles off of the acclaimed after just two or three months would be the right move to satisfy those people. For as much as people want FTR to be mm. champions, I do think you kind of need to service a lot of masters at the same time. And you want to service the acclaimed fan base first because they're the ones with the rock right now you got to pass that and eventually we'll get to ftr's time i think that should be fairly ish fairly soon i would think soon ish mm -hmm. like i don't think we'll get to halfway through next year and have them not win the titles so if that's the case i think no harm is done here but i think it was a great match no matter what another point to support you is the acclaimed quite simply are the highest merchandise sellers in AEW right now yeah that's why they kept John Cena in WWE on top for so long yeah as we were talking about this I was thinking you know other ways they can take the championship picture I thought wait a second where is AEW's tag division like the, the creation the, a lot of teams have split up this year yeah. Jurassic Express Santana and Ortiz Team Taz. Team Taz. Swerving our Swerving glory. Our glory. Whatever's going on with them. But yeah let's, yeah, let's consider them done. And then because you've created the trios belts, a lot of things that were tag teams have now become like best friends, for instance. Uh, the Hardys aren't there. The Undisputed Era isn't there. Yeah. And those, like the Bucks and... Lucha Brothers, they're all Lucha occupied. Bros, that they would all go into the trios picture. So apart from, I can't believe I'm saying this for a, for a company that's put tag rest, like last year, that tag division was just one of the greatest tag divisions in the history of any company. And now it's really just FTR and the acclaimed. Because you look at what else is happening in this match and you cut backstage to Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett watching on mm, twice. Hot dog. Because that's the actual direction for the acclaimed. No, not the thank FTR. you. No, I don't want it. That's what they're building to. I thought it was just a filler feud to get to FTR. But no, the FTR match was a filler thing to get to mm. Lethal and Jarrett. And then at the end, the ass boys appear on screen because FTR really are feuding with the ass boys. Thankfully, the show ended on an absolute high when the Ass Boys revealed the Briscoes want to face FTR in a double dog collar match at final battle. Wow. Um, but of course, you can't have the Briscoes on screen. So the Ass Boys do it, the announcement. But yeah, what the hell? Yeah, it's interesting. There are a few other people that you could get in the mix here. I wouldn't be at all surprised if after they deal with whatever they're going to deal with, I don't want to be Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> but after you get through there, I could see uh, the acclaimed going up against the kingdom, maybe. Because I think that you could do some fun promos and whatever, like with Maria and mm. Daddy Ass and, oh, yeah. and stuff. There's like a decent little three-on-three -three promo setting that you could work with there. And they're a decent enough tag team. You know, I like the yeah, kingdom as a team. I think that you could look at bringing in some other people. Like if you wanted to maybe bring in the Motor City Machine Guns to have another quick run or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's difficult because the tag team division has been desperately ravaged this year, both mm. with injuries, circumstances, and breakups and everything. But yeah, it, it is interesting. God, if FTR, you know, FTR are talking about having a year out from any major promotion. If they go in April, yeah, then then AEW suddenly finds themselves with, you know, again too many belts. They've mm -hmm. got the tag and the trios, which are just 
Honestly, at this point, I would try and pull out the pull the <laughs> rabbit out of my hat in every every sense possible. Like put SCU back together, maybe. Mm. Like maybe not. Yeah, it was. You know, they they said, "Oh, we'll never team up together again." But like, you need teams. Just like <laughs> do something. At least do like Kazarian and Scorpio Sky back mm. together again. They never said that they were break, broken up forever. Overall, though, I thought this was a very good episode. Just some questionable booking decisions, as has been the thing of late. The Regal tying up the the women's division, and the reasoning for the tag match. But my God, the opening 45 minutes yeah. of this show with the Battle Royal, the Starks promo, the Joe Allen match, excellent. So 80% for me. I, I'll be honest, and maybe this is just influenced by the last few months of AEW, I, I give this a 5 out of 5. Wow. The the main event, the, the Joe Darby match, the Punk, or Punk, the MJF Starks promo and the Battle Royal, mm. all those things together. It's like I can forgive a kind of cold women's trios match mm. and a slightly wonky William Regal promo. The the top things on this show were some of the best things I've seen on Dynamite in a very, very long time. Well, let us know your thoughts at wrestletalk.com forward slash support because we'll be reading reading out all of those Omega chats very shortly. But first, a big thank you to our wonderful Pledge Hammers on Patreon. He's no jackass, Dano. Hang on. Music. He's no jackass, Dano. Woo! Yeah! I I still still do the thing. What day is it? I wasn't prepared. The Mile High Marvel, Denver Peters. Yeah! The venerable Jesse Venable. Yeah. The cleaner Kenny Sharp. Yeah. Because Kevin Stone Con said so. Yeah. The British Bulldog Philip Boy J. Smith Jr. Yeah. Russell Talk's personal ring announcer, Rodrigo Benitez. Yeah. Ronald Coleman, baby. Yeah. He can last shirt Sean for longer than you in the ring. Yeah. Starbucks, Stephen Costa. Yeah. Shield Maiden, the Zornese. And finally, will the MS Warrior Stewart. Yeah. Please go over to patreon.com forward slash wrestle talk. You can get your own shout outs by going over to that and loads of exclusive wrestle talk content. Also, I forgot to do this on Saturday, but I want to give a personal shout out to Holly and Cal for making my week very, very nice, even though uh. there weren't. The best circumstances. So <laughs> shout out to Holly and Cal. Whoa, 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 whoa. Are they Patreons? Yeah, you don't know that they're not. You've got to, Holly's got to be a Patreon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and also, because if you are on our Patreon, it is Fan Quizzlemania tonight, hosted by Randy Andy Datsun with special guest Sullivan Bow Brown. Yeah. Uh, Fan Quizzlemania is, of course, Quizzlemania, where you participate against your fellow wrestling fans, WrestleTalk fans. It's sort of quickest answers wins. It's very a hoot quiz, yeah. so you got to test your mind and test your speed, because the faster your answers go in, the more points that you get. Got to get the right answers, of course, but whoever gets the most right answers gets... Uh, one of these. Oh, it's beautiful. Get one of these. You'll have more than we have because I lost this. <laughs> I do, I'm not the Quizzlemania champion anymore, but you can be Quizzlemania champion. Sign up today. Patreon.com forward slash WrestleTalk, and you too can compete at Fan Quizzlemania. It's, it's pretty. It's pretty. 
These are Mega Chats. Danny G says, Hi guys, controversial take here, but the Ricky promo left me cold. I like him and want him to do well, but it felt rehearsed and a little forced. Glad the segment didn't end with the dick kick, though. That really would have killed him. Oh, well. Again, to, to each their own. I didn't think this sounded rehearsed at all. That Rye guy. Haven't watched AEW weekly programming for a while. I must say, Tony Schiavone and Taz have a level of chemistry I haven't seen since Adam Blompier and Denise Salcedo. Oh, I this is... I, I, I totally disagree. I love My favorite bits of the show are when they go to picture-in-picture picture and Taz is just riffing with the commentators. It's the funniest thing on Dynamite every week. Yeah, or on, like, Dark. Taz yeah. and Excalibur is just brilliant. It, the picture-in-picture the picture bits are Dark condensed yeah, into, yeah, yeah. like, two <laughs> minutes. Yeah. Uh, John Rye, me, I'm not going to watch Final Battle. I spent too much money in wrestling this year. Just going to save my money and buy holiday gifts. Plus, nothing going on that interests me at the pay-per-view. Tag team dog collar match. Oh, damn it, Tony. Take all my money. Yeah, what a match. It certainly has made me more excited for this pay-per-view. I thought it was going to be a ladder war. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Has there ever been a double dog collar match? Probably, yeah. Yeah, I, I can't think of one off the top of my head, but it that sounds, sounds like a thing like done. a nightmare to just walk around the ring in, mm -hmm. like not getting tangled Don't up. Don't cross the streams. Yeah. Don't mind me, I'm at work, says, me in the stands with my sister who is visiting. Do you want me to explain the whole scissor me thing? My sister, no. MJF got extra heat with the crowd before the cameras by blowing his nose on a Vince Young local sports hero jersey. I know who that is. <laughs> sports. Bobby G, hey guys, an angle I would like to see. We need Miro. He comes back, builds up to take on MJF for the title, and have it where the Redeemer has been assigned to kill the devil. Ooh, Thoughts? I like that. That's, That's fun. I like that a lot, in fact. I also saw someone on Reddit say, just have, if, you, if Miro's okay to return, just have him on Dark, have him on every show, but very, very briefly, like three-minute matches, and have a, a Redeemer count. So mm. all the wrestlers who've been redeemed. <laughs> That's good. I like it. William Rosmer. If we bring back Miro, can we get Miro versus Joe? Also, did it feel like the House of Black was calling out the elite? Could be. Mm. They were talking about like the, the company being sick and like dying and being poisoned and stuff. So yeah, I like I like that. I mean, if we get that match next, that that's cool with me too. Mark, on FTR, surely the way to do it now is that the Briscoes will finally win and take the ROH belt. The Acclaim can then lose to a heel team. Eventually, FTR will beat that team for the AEW belts and eventually build to FTR versus Briscoes. Number four, belt versus belt. Maybe. I, I don't, don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't see happen. it. Yeah, I don't see it. Not with the Briscoes not being allowed on AEW. Yeah, there is that. Although, I, I don't know. A trilogy of matches where FTR wins all three of them would be interesting. Yeah. You know, not impossible by any means. Mm. Cody beat Seth three times, but it, it would be interesting. Joe Strikes, late post. I'm not a fan of best of anything series as opposed to having the story determine more matches will happen. Also loved Ollie's video, WWE is screwing with AEW. My main concern with AEW is Tony Khan's answer to everything is my daddy has more money than you. I think that's a little bit unfair on Tony Khan. I, th I think his answer to everything is more Tony Khan. Mm. He seems like he's got a delegation and focus issue. Yeah. I also, uh, <clears throat> I mean, everybody is entitled to their own opinion, but the uh, being in an opposition of the best of whatever series, mm. uh, as opposed to having the story determine more matches will happen, 
I think you can have both. Yeah, I think yeah, the yeah. best of is just like it's a different framing for a different story because it's a lot more sports based where if you know that you're going to have seven mm. matches or there's a possibility to go seven matches, a team that is going to be up 3-0 or 2-1 or whatever will wrestle differently than the team that yeah. is down 3-0. And that just leads for more possibilities mm. in matches where one team's desperate and the other team's cocky or whatever it might be. I, I think you can have both. Charles Berg. Well, unfortunately, my recording of AEW was corrupted, and I have just a frozen image of Raj from the Big Bang Theory. Oh, no. So no Starks promo for me, but in good news, I'll be sending my calendar to you guys either today or tomorrow. I hope you like it. Of course, Charles Berg is... Is it the calendar of dogs? Charles Ooh, has? I bet it is. Charles also so, has dogs. So yeah. you and um, Adam and like Terry dogs. will be very happy with I that like in dogs. the office. Uh, York Master 53, Ollie Davis. May I get an update on the book you were slash are writing? <clears throat> I said I was going to release a book finally this year. Yeah. I've legit written two. And one isn't good enough. <laughs> <laughs> but the other one is on draft eight. Ooh. It's, um, I think it's, it's very, very close to being done. I think I can get it out the week after Christmas and before New Year's. That's what I'm aiming for. It uh, just needs finessing. I've never gotten this far with a book before, so I don't know what uh, needs doing. But yeah, it's not a book. It's a novella. It's 25,000 words. So <clears throat> yeah, hopefully coming soon. And Eddie Pat 14 for now. Something I wanted to say since the last Blackpool Combat Club video, you guys are acting like Rock versus Roman is a complete pause on the Bloodline story. You do know that Rock is also a Simone in their family. That could definitely add to the Sammy stuff post slash during Mania. It's a good point. It is a good point. <clears throat> and it it is something that I haven't wanted to skirt away from at all. Because, mm. like, yeah, the, the Bloodline story has been very good. But for me personally, the more interesting side of the Blackpool or of the, the <laughs> uh, get, you said Blackpool Combat Club is Blackpool Content yeah, yeah. Club. Sorry. Um, what I find a lot more interesting right now is the Roman Sammy stuff as opposed to like the Roman and his family stuff. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it is all kind of the same thing, but I'm, I know which one of those matches I personally will want to see more. Mm -hmm. And that, that just, that's, that's me. But I'm very hopeful that they can work all of that into great storyline stuff. Because again, the Bloodline story has been fantastic when that's the story mm. they've been telling. Yeah. Well, that's all we've got time for today. Thank you ever so much for joining us and for all your wonderful Omega chats. Uh, if you haven't already, please hit the subscribe button. Go over and watch our WrestleTalk News video from today with loads of news from the Tony Khan press conference, including the stipulations he put on William Regal leaving the company for WWE. But for now, I've been Ollie Davis. This has been Tempest. Jam that jam. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. 
Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at UH1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.